Hello, welcome to the I Had an Epiphany podcast. This is your host, Mark Thompson. We have a great show in store for you today. Our guest speaker, Mr. Anthony Lee. We have him here today. We want to talk about his real estate journey, his book, and plans for the future. Thank you so much for joining us today, Anthony. Thank you for having me. Definitely appreciate you having me. Yes, yes. So let's let's get into it. So, Anthony, I'm definitely excited to talk to you today. Your journey is truly inspiring, especially through the current times and climate and everything. So we've gotten a little bit familiar with you through Instagram and following your accomplishment with joy and amazement. In addition to being a realtor, you're also a published author. So let's get into the exciting interview. I'm looking forward to it. Let's let's do it. Mm-hmm. So becoming a licensed realtor is a big deal to a lot of people and some may it may seem unattainable. When did you want to become a realtor and can you explain the process? Uh, so for me, I've always had the entrepreneur bug. Um, I'm born and raised in Philadelphia, Delaware County, um, West Catholic graduate. So like I've just I've just been around a lot of entrepreneurs, hustlers my whole life. Um, so during my journey, I went to college and one of my cousins and one of my uh, good, good friends had showed me how they were making additional money in regards to their nine to five. And wow. I was like, man, that seems great. But how do you get the money to buy the houses? And that was the gap for me. So after going to like multiple seminars through college and even after college, I had um, realized like, hey, I can be a realtor, get paid to help people while I'm helping myself and learn. So back in 2013, um, after I had got laid off from like my first real decent adult job after college, um, I had said, I'm never letting anybody control my income and my future. So I'm going into entrepreneurship. Um, At the time, Obama was in office. So I was able to like get my unemployment, use that to pay for the real estate classes and you know that's the, the struggle for me people a lot of people don't talk about it but for me i'm like a uh, not a walk in failure but like i'm like a a fail till i succeed kind of person mm-hmm. and you know that's really what has helped me so like for me i failed my real estate exam 10 times wow um and each time you go you got to pay for it again so me failing that test 10 times and you're talking about not having no income and I had just moved out of my parents house Mm. um you know and at the time my girlfriend now my wife is like look I gotta figure it out the pressure's on Mm. um you know so with that I just kept pushing kept pushing I passed the test finally and then within the first you you probably had the weight of the world lifted off your shoulders once you passed that test nah man like so like when i tell you like that surreal feeling of like look i did but that's Mm -hmm. when the the real stuff like crazy eight months and that's good timeline um repeat that for me real quick anthony Uh, you had you had got cut off for a second I'm sorry. Most people don't pass the real estate exam for six to eight months. Like, I mean, not the exam. They don't sell their first house. Oh, wow. So it normally takes, they say on average, six to eight months before you sell your first house after coming, becoming licensed. Um, luckily for me, I had sold my first house like in roughly 60, 90 days. I had clients. Now, how, did, how did that happen? And how did it, how did it feel selling that first home? Because that, that's rather quick. Not so for me, I had 
kind of had been telling people I was in real estate before I was in real estate. So, you know, and mind you, like I said, the setup for me was I had a landscaping business. I was a barber at one point. So I always had constant clientele. So as I transition from one thing, it goes to the next thing. All this, I always try to do things that are necessities for people. So you're always going to need your lawn cut. You're always going to need your hair cut, you know. And then at one point, it's like, all right, I want to make the real money. So like I started telling people like, yo, I'm about to be a realtor. I'm about to be a realtor. I just couldn't pass the class fast enough. So luckily Mm -hmm. at the time, I had two friends that were looking to buy right when I had passed. And they just were wait. They were like literally just waiting for me to get my license. So like as soon as I got the license, I picked the office and I took them out you know, hit the ground running. How did it feel when you made that first sell, even though it was a friend, but how did it feel? Like, you, did you feel like, look, I'm, I'm finally here. Oh no, definitely. Definitely felt like I was here. Um, Cause even with that, I also was doing rentals for people. So like okay. before I sold the house, I was already getting commission checks just from doing rent, like putting tenants in landlords properties. So like mm-hmm. that was when I had that high, aha moment, like, you mean to tell me I could, if I work hard, I could dictate my income? Like I was making in a week what I was making at my job in two weeks. Wow. Problem was, I just was young, you know, and didn't know no better. So it was like, yo, if I make this bread, are we going to happy hour? Are we going out with the women? <laughs> we was living it up. Yeah, that's how it is when you're young. Right. You know, so, you know, but definitely it was, it was confirmation that I put the work in and that I knew what I was doing and that the test was just a part of my process, I guess, to confirm or test me on how bad I really wanted it. I mean, you from just from speaking to you for these first five minutes, I can tell that you have the hustler's mentality and the spirit and the perseverance. So truthfully, whatever you want to do, you're going to you're going to make it happen. Like that ain't, ain't no quitting you whatsoever. Not so. So that exactly is the thing It's kind of like that internal pressure you put on yourself. You know, I feel like it's a good it's a gift and a curse kind of thing. So like over time, I've had to learn not to be so hard on myself. But at the same token, you've got to also put that pressure on yourself and hold yourself accountable. Um, You know, so it's good and bad to it. But yes, it definitely is something that I don't. Yeah, that's not something that's really in my my vocabulary in regards to quitting or giving up. Absolutely. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you, though, as being a a person of color, Mm -hmm. explain explain to me the like like the struggles you may have being a person of color and working in real estate. Man. So the funny thing was, so I took like you said, just say, look, I'm a young black man from the city. I don't, you know, I don't got friends that's, you know, buying million dollar houses, let alone $500,000 houses. So like first year in the office, again, I'm in Center City, third and arch. So, mm. you know, what kind of clientele they wear suits. So it's like, I'm trying to look the part, but right. honestly, that's not me. Like I literally now wear sweatpants and I have t-shirts with my, with my company name on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to get dressed, but I'm not going to wear no suit and tie every day. Like not sure. Like you said, yeah, we in sales, but I'm also, I'm in, I'm in one. I want to be comfortable too. I'm in hustle mode. So I need to be able to go into a house, get dirty. And like, for me, my clients, like that was my, my thing. Like all my, I sold all everything to my friends and family. Um, that was really my thing, friends, family and referrals. So like they're buying houses 
in our community where we from. So, and that was good enough for me. So like I was in top five of agents in the new office in my first year, just because I literally, I think I sold like 30, 35 houses that wow. first year, but they were all like low price points. Cause again, it was, you know, middle-class, you know, people just getting started or, you know, just barely getting approved. But Absolutely. I was doing it at a, at a volume where like people in my, my peers in the office might be selling two houses, but selling them for 500,000. So I got to sell five houses to even compete with the commissions that they make. Wow. You know, which I had to get comfortable and accept like, look, that's just not where I'm at in my business. So like the cool thing now, you talk about seven years in, I'm just now getting to the point where I got clients that, you know, I got clients that's buying in the main line, they're buying million dollar houses, $800,000 houses, um, you know, $400,000 houses, you know, now I got a nice mixed clientele, but starting out, I think you just got to be confident within yourself to know, like, look, it's a, you got to crawl before you walk, you know, you got to walk before. So even though your peers or your office mates might be doing this, not to say you can't do it, but just, hey, it takes time. And like, I've honestly not seen everything, but I've done enough transactions where that's why I tell people like, yo, I'm not changing who I am. I'm not trying to, you know, water down my your, your personality, your drive. Exactly. Exactly. So like, I just make the best of, you know, what it is. I'm from and what I do and now the office I work in is also it's, it's like in an up and coming area called uh, Fishtown oh, oh man so I know you're probably doing well up there well that's the thing like I'm up here more so for the networking but I still don't sell necessarily in the area Right. But well, thing- that's a good area to be in, especially for networking, especially with all the gentrification going on up there exactly so the thing was me being who I am, the office saw that and they wanted to bring that kind of energy to the office. Mm. You know, because they're like, look, we might be in Fishtown, but we know there's a strong marketplace outside of this, but hey, we need help trying to build that synergy between the two. And they're like, we feel like you're a person that can help with that. So like me staying true to that kind of, it's paying off now. Yeah, that that's great. I wanted to... um. We want to stay on topic with the real estate. So you have a, you have a book that you publish. Yes. Yeah, so real estate. What's 100. the title of the book and, and where is it available? Hold up, hold up, and real quick, you were you were breaking up a little bit. What's the um the title of the book and where is it available? So the book is called Real Estate 100, the Teen and Millennial Investment Blueprint. You can find it on Amazon or you can go through my Instagram and hit the link in my bio and buy it directly from our distributor. Um, I wrote this book probably three years ago now. Um, Funny thing was, it took me two years just to write it, you know, starting and stopping, starting, stopping, finding your motivation, losing your motivation kind of thing. But I wrote this book with my mentor, Lisa Porto, um, who founded a nonprofit called Real Estate 100, in which she was already an advocate in California trying to help her community learn about the fundamentals of home ownership and just financial, giving, you know, communities financial education. So when we talk about gentrification 
and we talk about impact in the community, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, there's not too many people that look like us that are advocating for us. Um, mm -hmm. So she had already started it, and then I had helped expand it, in which I talk about my personal experience of not just owning one home, but building a real estate portfolio that will help pay for my personal home. Or, you know, now my new mission is to own enough real estate where I can retire my wife. My wife can then work for the company or, you know, start her own business. But my, like my main goal is, which I'm Anthony, real quick, tell me what your main goal was after having your wife join the company after she's retired. ...with the properties or business because of the properties that we own. Mm, that, that definitely sounds like a plan. And that's definitely something that's needed especially for our people. And, and one thing I did want to ask you as well, like what's the importance of black home ownership and why, like why is it important for our people to own homes? Mm, man. So it's, it's great that you asked that question. Um, so I say the importance of home ownership in our community is that, uh, you know, you can't really have a voice and you can't really have too much, you can't, you know, you can't disagree too much if you don't own anything, mm. you know? So it's like, how can we be upset about the laws or the things that are happening around us? And we're not necessarily contributing to, you know, putting our dollars behind it per se. Right. You know? And so like, that's definitely a big thing. And I also feel like, Ownership for us is one of the one ways or the easiest way for us to start creating generational wealth. I mean, you hear it all the time. How many people you hear like grandma owned two, three houses and they all went to sheriff's cell. Yep. You know, or, or, you know, now family just, they sold the house and got pennies for it because nobody had a plan or set up a plan of growth for the family to be able to move, to keep going forward. Yeah, it all it all comes down to knowledge at the end of the day, especially if we just continue to educate our people, especially on things like this, because what people don't realize in the most cases, they may go for the convenience of renting, but not realizing how owning your own home can open up so many doors for you. Yes, 100 percent, man. And like. The crazy thing is, like I tell people, look, owning a home is really not that much harder than renting a home. The only difference is you're responsible for your own maintenance. And I mean, at the end of the day, you're technically responsible for the maintenance if you're a tenant. It's up to the landlord to fix it. But some of these landlords don't be trying to hear that. Right. And you end up doing the repairs your damn self, you know, without the landlord. So it's like at the end of the day, you might as well benefit of being a home ownership through the tax incentives, the equity that you're building in the property. And I don't tell people like, yo, you need 20, 30 houses, but own a house anymore. You could own land. Like if you own lots, I know people who own lots in the city 
And then when the area came up, they cashed out. They became millionaires because they just had lots at the right place at the right time. Wow. And now people are just building on those lots like crazy. Crazy. So, and that's the thing. They don't make any more land. So if you can control the land and have a piece or two, you know, it's, it's like having that one thing that you know you could always take to the pawn shop. Absolutely. The pawn and, shop, you know. And you mentioned earlier, like, gaining that equity, it, it like I said, it opens the doors to, for so many things. People get nervous about their credit, but little do you know, renting versus owning, you're you're still building your credit by owning. Right, and, that, and that's the thing. So it's like you might as well get all the benefits instead of the partial benefit of, you know, paying for somewhere to live. You're either going to pay somebody else's mortgage or you're going to pay your own mortgage at the end of the day. Right. Let me let me ask you this question. So you, you touched on it a bit earlier. Um, so it, so is, is it, what's better, the quality deals or the quantity deals? You touched on it a bit, but from your seven years of experience, I want to hear the what is truly better in your eyes. From the real estate agent perspective or as yes. the investor, from the agent perspective? Actually, you know what? Give me both. <laughs> you, open the, you open Pandora's box. Give me both. <laughs> uh, so from the agent, I would definitely say the the volume per se so you know the uh quantity you know you're still going to do good business so like no matter what you're doing you always want to do good business however it's like it might take you four or five months to close one really really big deal Mm. but i might be selling a deal every week so it's no right or wrong but the thing is i'd rather have the money coming in consistently than sporadically Okay. From the agent standpoint. From the agent standpoint. Um, And then from the investor standpoint, man, it's kind of a loaded question. There's there's really no, you know, you just want the money to be coming in from the investor standpoint. But I'll say for me, I'd rather take, again, same for me, and it's just me. So, like, I might do a deal where, like, I know a friend now, he's flipping the house. He's probably going to make, like, 60 grand. But it took him a year to get to it versus I in a year can do four houses and I might make, say I make 30 okay. per deal in a perfect world. Even just say I only made 15 grand, but I'm cranking them out every two, three months. Right. You know, so like for, I feel like if you can do it consistently with the, the, the quantity you know, you can then control your or maintain your your way of living kind of thing. Because it's okay. like if you do it with the gaps, that flow of income is going to be up and down, up and down. And it's wow. going to be like, you know, you're going to be sitting still versus being able to constantly keep pushing. So just to just to throw in a little sports analogy in there. So you'd rather get base hits more often than home runs. Yes, sir. I'm a single and a double man every day. (laughs) That makes sense. And so, like, just this is this is a little curveball. So you mentioned earlier that you focus a lot in the Philadelphia area. Is that because of you would like the the quantity deals? Because if you, you know, extend out to the Abington area, Mm -hmm. main line, et cetera, you know, you might get those. That's where the home runs are. So you say your focus is more the Philadelphia area? So it's it's twofold. So one, you know, that's where 
my clients community most of them are and where i am and i've kind of like done a lot of leg work so like when people think of these areas they think of me versus okay. you talk about those other locations you know i haven't branded myself on those sides for people to really think of me so like i have a client now who's looking in areas that i'm normally not in so the good thing is real estate is literally if you can do it over here you can do it over there like the process is the same um, however, it's, it's more so just the, you know, stepping out of your comfort to go start venturing in those other areas. But like, also now it's a really busy time. So like, I'm honestly, I'd rather focus and concentrate on my, my, my influence because I can definitely keep the traction going in that footprint versus trying to be two, three places at once that have some distance to them. I'm not as effective. Okay, and that actually that actually makes sense. I I understand that you ever see yourself taking like a a, a leap of faith and just going with it. So I think at some point I will, especially when I'm. I feel like as you get older, you know, you get tired, a little bit comfortable, or need like some change. Right, right, right. So definitely. Um. So that I do see that on the horizon. Um. I just don't know, you know, what the timeline on that will be. Don't don't rush yourself, but it's it's gonna come because you say you already seven years in the game. I'm sure at some point you already might feel like you'd be running on autopilot. So sometimes when you when you reach those moments when you're on autopilot, it may be time for change and challenge. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's how you're able to continue to to grow and reach different successes as you you know you reinvent yourself per se. Yeah, and, and Anthony, I, I already know you're not complacent, so in due time, <laughs> you'll, you'll be right over there. <laughs> I wanted to ask you another question. So you have a lot of projects that in, involve a lot of collaborations. Um, my question is, can you tell me your collaborative process when you're trying to educate the public on home ownership and building blocks of wealth? Definitely. So what I have going on now um, so like every week I have a, a Instagram live on my Instagram at Ailey Real Estate where I use that platform to interview other business owners mm. and support their efforts of what they're doing. But then I'm also able to learn. But then I'm also the bigger, big part to it is I'm now helping the community and our peers be able to learn, you know, basically on a platform that they're comfortable with. So not only am I educating them, but there are other people who are educating them with me to just keep giving people the knowledge. It's like, there's always like that one thing that might help them get started or something might trigger somebody to say like, yo, I can do that too. Um, so that's one thing I do. And then also we do home buyer events. So prior to COVID, we were doing home buyer events every month in person where we have catered food. We have a home inspector, a mortgage specialist, a credit specialist, all come out and educate the people for free on the process of home ownership. Um, due to COVID, we now are transforming and we are doing home ownership seminars via Zoom, where people again can follow me on social media at A. Lee Real Estate or Anthony A. Lee on Facebook and get that information. So on Sundays, we do first time homebuyer seminars live. So you can watch that from your house. Um, wow. And then personally, what I do collaboratively with my peers and community, 
So I'm a house flipper and a landlord. Um, but in regards to my flipping business, we basically do like a, a group economic situation where just say I raise $50,000 between some friends, some family. I'll use that $50,000 towards the project in exchange. Each person who invested will then make a profit on the money that they invested. That makes sense. Um, so from that, they're able to one, invest, two, invest passively and keep their job. Three, understand the process and learn the process while I do the legwork, but still show them what's going on from demo, how to run electric, how to run plumbing, how to stage a house, how to sell a home. Mm. Wow, that's that's a big deal. So it sounds like you you already got something in the back burner that's going to have you truly create your entire company. So that is the goal. So we're actually, as we finish this last project that goes to settlement in another week, fingers crossed, um, we plan to ramp this up maybe a little larger so that we can do deals for sure in other neighborhoods where the deals can be a little larger so that we can start giving larger profit shares with people or we're just going to do uh, we talked about my singles and my doubles we're going to start doing two and three deals at a time instead of just doing one deal at a time nice so we're definitely going to be uh providing information for people on that you know because again not everybody's cut to necessarily be in the real estate world or even have the patience or want to do it but absolutely again another way to make a sound investment that you can reach out, touch, and you can, I feel like, again, my book was written to teach kids at the elementary school level. So if I can teach them, I know I can teach an adult, you know, as long as you have, you know, a few dollars and you're willing to let it go per se, just for a short period of time, there's opportunity for you to just build additional income for you and your family while you're still making money at your nine to five. Wow, that that's a good plan. That's a good plan, and I and I love what you're doing for not only the community but putting other people's on. Nah, man, it's the the thing of you know growing up. I don't know if you remember Rockefeller and you know all day Jay Z bad boy, and it was like yo what they did, not necessarily what the bad deals they did with the rappers, but from the standpoint of you know you. It's no fun if you don't got your friends and your family with you on the journey. You know, yeah. like what's success if you're by yourself kind of. Right. It was a pleasure having Anthony join the I Had an Epiphany podcast. To learn more about Anthony, go to www.aleerealestate.com. To get caught up on episodes on I Had an Epiphany podcast, go to epiphany.co.